This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Like a Nation News Podcast. My name is Saul Monali, at Saul Monali NBA on Twitter. We are in the bowels of Toyota Center here, joined by Kelly Iko again. How you doing, man? That's not my name. Iko, sorry. Jeez. I, I, I used to get it right. I don't know why I got it wrong this time. Another thing, are these really the bowels of Twitter? These are the bowels, man. We're like in the center. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. We're in the bowels. Yeah. Yeah. Let's roll with that. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm sorry. Like, this, this, the end of the season for the Rockets, I know it's important for seeding and stuff, but like, it, the games are just starting to drag. Like, like, they're just starting to get really, really boring. And you can, you can even tell when you look at the players because, they're heading to the locker room early. Half speed. <laughs> like they're not they're not even like they're like half doing everything and, yeah. and and they're still killing these teams. And I gotta be I gotta be honest, like I'm really, really impressed by what they're doing right now. Like these last six or seven games, like they've just locked into a level. Like I'm buying rocket stock. Like I'm all in. I'm buying a crap load of rocket stock. You have any rocket stock left over, I'm gonna buy it. Like I I'm in. I'm in on this team right now because they're just they're just murdering these teams. Absolutely murdering by forty points, like yeah. forty points is a hell of a deficit. And I think tonight, you know, they were playing at like you said fifty percent, but they still could have dropped one hundred seventy, hundred, like seventy five, yeah, if they really wanted to. And it's like ever since the All Star break, an older team they just locked in, and for them to be performing at this kind of level right now, heading into the playoffs, is exactly what Daryl Morey wanted. Is exactly what you know. Tillman Fertitta wanted. Is exactly what the vets wanted, and nobody in the league wants to see them right now. It's kind of scary. Yeah. So like, for a while, I was a little bit hesitant as to what I thought of this team because I I, I still have, I, there's still some watermarks that I I I don't think they've hit yet for like me. Like what? Like the rebounding. Like the rebounding has been a concern. I think going into the playoffs, like I think that's just going to be an issue. I just think it's going to. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll ever be. Yeah. You no know, good this year rebounding. Yeah, I I I don't see it. Because but they've worked around it. They've 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 managed to work around it because, you know, their defensive rating is still pretty high. If you look at, yeah. if you look at the numbers post All Star break of the starters, yeah. they have a ninety seven point five. Defensive rating and a twelve point three net rating, which is pretty damn good. Yeah, so I've I've talked to some people about this, and they share my concerns. Like, so the only defenses I could find in NBA history, like the Raptors this year, are really bad on defensive rebounding. They're still a really great defense. the The Warriors these past couple couple years have been bad. I've been a bad defensive rebounding team, and still managed to be a good defense. So it's possible. It's just really rare. You have to look for them, and um, the way they've been defending is just kind of like so i was watching these early games and i was just kind of like how are they so good on defense like how, like what are they doing correctly if they're not defensive rebounding and it's really 
the deflections. Like they're getting a crap load of deflections and they're playing in the open court and they're getting a bunch of transition opportunities. And ever since Chris Paul came back, like he's just gotten his hands on so many basketballs like towards that second half of the season. And it's it's fired their defense up. Like they're 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 playing their switching has been really good, which helps with the deflections, obviously. And the style of defense they're playing this year is just totally different from how they had success last year. And I think um to that point, when you do switch, they you know, they don't switch everything, but they switch smartly. Right. And they they like having James on those big guys because his post defense is what, top two, top three from the stats? Right. Like eighty ninth percentile. I think I got Lee Khan screening these stats out yesterday. Yeah. And um one of the biggest indicators of their improvement has been points in the paint allowed. Yeah. When they were going through that rut eleven fourteen, they were dead last in the league even up until where was it? Almost near the all star break. And since then they're I think they're when I checked they were twelfth, which is a pretty huge jump. And even if the numbers don't show you like it might be Eight points to six points, or eight points to four points. The the jump is a huge indicator of team success. And if they're not if they're not surrendering, because they were a sieve at one point in the paint. Everybody yeah. was trying to switch, and they were getting scored on. Michael Carter Williams, Carmelo, you know James Ennis. Everyone was just getting scored on every time, and there was no. You ever, stop. You ever watch those old Western films where the door just kind of <laughs> open like wide away? The uh, saloon. Yeah, the saloon. There yeah. there were a saloon door on yeah, defense. It, it was in the paint. it was it was bad. Yeah. And I think they tightened some things up. You know, bringing Coach Jeff Bizzuck helped a lot. Yeah. Um, there was a bit of skepticism. There was a bit of, you know, people people wondered if that was going to work when he first came back because they were still losing. Yeah. But I guess it took time to, you know, we get the weeds out and, you know, fine-tune everything. And they had to change their entire defensive system up. Like, they, they switched everything last year. Now they're switching most things, still not everything. They're switching – in a way that still helps them defensive rebound, although they're still that's not helped their defensive rebounding percentage, so it's a little bit weird there. Um, Capella just hasn't been the same switch defender he was last year. Yeah. So uh, that that's a big reason they sw- they backed off of switching everything, and I think, you know, I, I'm a little skeptical as to how if they can keep this level of defense going into the playoffs because like. The possession slowed down. It's it's the opportunities to get deflections and fast break opportunities just narrow down because there's more isolation basketball. And uh, I was talking to a couple people about this about this today. They feel, they share the same feelings. Like it's it's something to watch going into the playoffs. Like that. Like I think they've been like, again. I bought a bunch of rocket stock. I'm in. I'm in on the team. But this is something definitely to watch for going going into the playoffs. It's it's definitely still a chink in the armor. Yeah, but um. When you talk about playoff basketball and slowing things down, that's also what Houston wants. If you if you go back and watch last year's playoffs against the Warriors, they wanted Kevin Durant to get the ISO. They wanted that slow down pace because it's a 50-50 shot. Either you miss or you don't. Right. And in the event that you do miss, they're getting out and running. And and last year, you know, when they, when it was either Eric Gordon, Harden, or Paul on the break, and then Ariza and whoever. But now they have a bunch of fast guys. They have Rivers. They have Shumpert. They have Green. Or not Green. They have Rivers. They have Shumpert. They have House. And I think come postseason time, even if teams do like, okay, if they play this, if they play the Spurs, or if they play the Clippers, and those teams want to take things a bit slower, you you've seen them how they play during the regular season. Yeah. It's not at a lightning quick pace, and. 
Houston's still able to get advantageous situations based on what the defense is trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, like, I'm in. Like, they're, they're 17th in defense now. Like, they've climbed from 26 to 20 to 17th. That takes that's, a lot. Yeah, that's that's they've been the second best defense since the All Star break, uh, only behind Utah, who's just and awesome. that doesn't even factor into uh, yeah. garbage time, which they give up a bunch of garbage time buckets, which kind of yeah. hurts there. Yeah, and uh, you've talked about how PJ Tucker has been the unsung hero here, and with all due respect to PJ Tucker, I I do agree he's been good this year. I think the unsung hero here has been Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul has a really great case right now. For second team all, all all defense, like he's been really good defensively. Like I, I think I think he's cleaned up their defense more than the return of Clint Capella. Actually, like I think he's been that good. Like the the way they're defending, uh, just the point of attack defense has been stellar. Uh, James Harden's obviously picked it up. His on off splits are starting to look normal now because he's picked it up defensively. And it's I I think a large part of this is Chris Paul, man. Like Chris Paul, since he came back, the team has just taken a different effort on defense and I think to your point it's it does start with him because he is the the point of attack yeah and the the vocal leader you know he if he's getting in a swiper still in the post or he's bullying somebody off the ball snatching it away he does those little things again that add up and he sets the tone for them you know Tucker is obviously the the glue right and and he's going to be the quarterback of everything but Chris Paul's also there to be another coordinator, and he's making things, he's putting things together at the right time. Now, in the postseason, are they going to hunt different things? Because I remember beginning of the year, a lot of teams were hunting Capella on switches. Yeah, that, that was kind of slowed down. It, it was strange to see. Yeah, that, that was. I I did not expect that. To happen. I think I think they they had intel that he was you know he he was still he had a knee injury. Yeah, from the off season, and they were going at him repeatedly because. The guards that were scoring him, it was it was a crazy like, rate. Like CJ McCollum, like literally searched him out one game. Like, yeah, literally time and time, like it looked like twenty thirteen, like yeah, yeah, fourteen. Sorry, and he's an awesome switch defender when he's when he's healthy and in shape. Like and yeah. to see teams attack him was just jarring. It just, I just did not like it was hard to see. Yeah, and I think the good thing about being in the West is that when you look at elite guards. You know, the Portlands, they have those. The Warriors have those. But when you come to the Spurs or the Clippers, I mean, Lou Williams, obviously. but Yeah, you're not expecting Patty yeah. Mills to beat Clint Capella yeah, off the Yeah, trouble. you're not expecting those guys to look for the switch, you know. Right. Um, so I think that also plays into their their rating going up. And Chris Paul is in tip-top shape right now. And I think they're ready, you know more so than some other teams who are kind of going half at it into the playoffs. They're kind of inconsistent. But I think Houston's won 21 to 24, I think. Yeah, something like that. 21 out of 24, and number two in defense, number two in offense, mm-hmm. number yeah. two in net rating. Yeah, the, no, actually number one since the All-Star break. Number oh, number one. one. Yeah, they hopped to number one because they had like a 140 offensive rating tonight against the Suns. Yeah, that's gonna. They broke their record, by the way. We should probably should mention that they broke their three point shooting record. They broke. Yeah, for, I almost forgot. Yeah, they broke the most threes in a game record, which they set earlier this year. Shout outs to Marco Carter Williams. Um, they they it it was like Eric Gordon, like one of the more under the radar developments this season is him coming back into form as a three point shooter. Like he just like lost his jumper at the beginning of the year. Like just 
looked it was bizarre. He was shooting twenty four percent from three, and he's like a career thirty seven percent three point shooter, shooting twenty four percent from three in the first couple months. Now he's like his March was just like one of the all timers in terms of percentage. Like he was like shooting like forty five to fifty percent from three. He shot he made eight three pointers tonight. Like he's been rolling, and he's pretty much back to where he was last year percentage wise. He's like he's back. It might be the exact same percentage he was where he was last year. Um. To that, yeah. I think beginning of the year, he was dealing with, you know, them taking him out of the lineup, putting him in, and he wants to just get going. Like, he wanted to have a defined role. Yeah, he talked about that today. Yeah. 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 And, oh, uh, I missed it. I wasn't there. But, um, <clears throat> he, he, he always wanted a defined role. You know, yeah. ideally, his game, or well, he said that his game didn't really matter coming off the bench or starting, but... As you've seen this season, there's a reason why Coach D'Antoni wanted to use that three-guard lineup last year in the playoffs and last season because it's so effective when you have Gordon able to – because he's a sneaky he's sneaky good in the paint. He's a great shooter. He's a capable ball handler and playmaker and also a little defender. Yeah, yeah. And, and his shot, I think – he had some injuries, some nagging injuries in his knees and legs, and that hurts. The way the way he shoots, it, you can see why he would be off a bit. And now you're seeing he's healthy. Like all these guys, whenever they struggle at that age, like 32, 31, like, it's because they're veterans. You know, they need to be tip-top shape for them to perform. They're not the the spring chickens, 22, 23. They're not. You can't play through all those injuries like you could 10 years ago. Yeah. So his shooting has gone up back to. A decent, like, what was it, 37%? He's at 35.9%, yeah. I think, which where, where he was last year. And it's a, it, and that system, it's perfect for them. That's yeah. all they, need. they don't need you to be shooting 40%. Mm. Yeah. Because they shoot so many, if four go in, you know, that's the difference between, you know, a six-point game and a 12-point game. Yeah, like, like his shooting has been, again, it's it's been one of the more under-the-radar developments for them. Yeah. Like, the, the big story has been their defense. But Eric Gordon quietly coming back into form has been a big reason they've been able to be, been, be so good defensively because the transition opportunities aren't there if Eric Gordon's not hitting those shots. And um, to add on to that, yeah, if, when the games that he struggles, you've seen how their games usually go. Like, I, it's, it's a, it's, there's a weird stat between him and Gerald Green. Well, this is when Gerald Green was a regular off the bench, but. The games that those two struggled, Houston found it very hard. You know, they were in some, some dog fights. Yeah. And the more threes he hits, obviously it's kind of cliche, but the easier it gets for everyone else because now you have to worry about a third guy who can get going, just like Kristen James. And what I find so striking about this team is their level of confidence really hasn't wavered. No. Like, they, they believe they're, if not the same team they were last year, even better Yeah, going to the playoffs. And, and, and you think that's kind of – so when you hear those those comments, you you first think it's players speak, but that's how they actually think and they believe those thoughts, and they don't fear any team in the NBA, and and the way they're playing right now, they really shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, and um, like I, it's it's kind of so the seeding has become a bigger story towards the end of the season right now because they are a game behind Denver. And I believe that game is tied up Denver-Portland, which is a big, important game in all Wait, of this. Wait, they're a game behind Denver? They're a game behind Denver for the second seed. So That is crazy. Yeah, so they're, 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 they're 
right on their tails, and Denver basically has to lose two of their next three games. They play, they're playing Portland right now. They're tied up. Uh, they play Utah next, and they end the season with Minnesota. So they, Houston has to bank on them losing two of their next three games, which is t- tough. But right now, Denver is playing without all their starters, and then at that point, if they lose tonight, you're only talking about one of two games. And you, they're, they're playing Utah on the road. So it, it's definitely possible that they could grab the second seat here late. That's crazy to think of. If, if you think of... They were 14th. 11 and 14. They were 14th in the Western Conference. I'll, like, I will never forget the way the locker room looked after... It was two games in particular where I was like, wow, this team is not the same. It was the, the blowout loss in Utah. Yeah. Well, they just got embarrassed. And... The blowout loss in Oklahoma City where they got embarrassed. That one in particular sticks out to me because that was against a Russell Westbrook-less team without Russell Westbrook, and they got annihilated on the glass. Exactly. And the Jazz one was Gobert gets ejected a minute in. Still lost. And they got destroyed. And for them to have rebounded that, like, no pun intended, but for them to have rebounded that well since then, to be even in the conversation of, you know, second, third, home court. They have 53 wins right now. Uh, that's yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. So, in terms of matchups going into the first round, is there any in particular – I know we talked about this earlier in the year, but is there any in particular right now do you, that you feel is an advantage, like for Houston, going into the first round? Or is there one that you just want to avoid? No. Who's five right now? Who's fifth? Utah. Nope. Who's six? Clippers. Okay, nope. see? Maybe. And San Antonio? No. See, like, that that's what I was thinking. I was like, the only matchup I'd watch out for is maybe Oklahoma City. And, and when you say maybe, it's probably five, could be six. It's not, oh, my God, nail-biting seven, no. This isn't the same Oklahoma City team. Like, I don't know what got into that water in Oklahoma City, but it, it is in Bricktown. But it is, it's, it's, it's actually become Bricktown. Like, like no pun intended. <laughs> so Chesapeake. Bay Arena is located in Bricktown, and it's it's actually called Bricktown, Oklahoma City, whatever it's called. What an anecdote! Yeah. What an anecdote! But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it, it, it's it's rough for them. Like I, I guess Paul George's shoulder still messed up. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Where it's, I, yeah. No, but here's the thing: you go back and you look at his career statistics, and he always seems to have a late season swoon where he just tails off. His shooting splits are terrible right now, and. Obviously, like when when Russ has to take like twenty field goal attempts for a game, you're in rough territory. You're in rough territory. Yeah, and I think the shoulder is it could be still bothering him because when you see him, he's such a normally good shooter. Yeah, and if he's struggling the way he is, yeah, you know, you you have to wonder could there be some lingering effects from you know from recovery? Yeah, could there be a Additional problem, like you never know, but they have tailed off tremendously. Like they were third. Paul George was a serious MVP candidate. They were talking about because he's a two-way yeah. monster, and he might be fifth in the MVP race, if that at at this point. Like, I'm not even sure if he's in the top. He's tailed off so much, and the reason that matchup with Oklahoma City is so tough is because he is probably the best James Harden defender in the league. Like, he gives James Harden more troubles. I mean, I guess you can say Eric Bledsoe does a pretty good job, too. But yeah. Paul George, in particular, did such a great job against James Harden this season. Like, it, that's the reason the matchup, that's the matchup you want to avoid. Um, 
But I mean, I agree with you. I'm looking at Utah, L.A., Oklahoma City, San Antonio. They don't care about who they see. They, yeah, it's, they'll be and they'll be all those teams five through eight, and five games or less. That's how I see it. The reason the seeding matters right now is I just think Houston just wants home court advantage in the second round. That's it. Like other otherwise, I don't see like I don't see any advantage of playing uh, San Antonio instead of L.A. or the, the only the only thing that they. Because they know they can go into Oakland and win. They've yeah. done it twice this season. They they know they know how to beat the Warriors. I mean, they've done it in different ways. You know, obviously the first one was out without Steph. The second one was the most impressive one without Chris and the the forty four fifteen to ten and the game winner uh, getting fouled, and then the Chris Paul led show. And this last game. I figured, well, I thought it was going to be a blowout loss, just just given the fact that the Warriors won, they have pride. Yeah. But the Rockets actually came back, and they made it a game. They could have won the game, like, had things gone differently in the last minute. Yeah, yeah. So If there was an extra minute on that clock, you know, things go differently. Because momentum was completely in Houston's favor by that point. Yeah. And I, and I think home court in the second round, I mean, it's probably better for them against Denver. I mean, it's they, more they of a. Really care. It's more of a. You want to make the season, the series easier. I, I yeah. don't think there's any doubt that I think they'd win. Yeah. But I. But it's more of a. Let's make this a five game series instead of a six or seven game series. Yeah. For sure. Let's go ahead and answer Twitter questions before we head out. You got some questions? Yeah, we got Twitter questions. What is the locker room vibe on the increasing odds Harden doesn't win MVP despite his incredible season? I don't think they really care. Yeah, I don't think they care either. There was there was there was a moment in time. In the midst of the thirty-point streak, where they were all in for it, yeah. But once it was broken, <laughs> they don't care about that stuff anymore. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't think they do either. It like, was it was just cute for a little bit. They were they were definitely campaigning for him yeah. for a little bit. Like Chris Paul in particular really wanted Harden to win this. Yeah. But I don't think internally that's something they're even talking about. No, they they, they just want a championship. Yeah, I think that's more Daryl. <laughs> Daryl's been doing the outside <laughs> campaigning. Uh, I don't think anyone in that locker room really cares. Like they're they're really dead set on trying to go into the playoffs hot. Yeah, yeah. And who knows? Maybe uh, maybe this is a closer race than we're giving it. Like I I think at this point Giannis is has the edge. But again, voters the ballot hasn't been released. You know, we don't know. We won't know till the summer, which is so stupid. Um, yeah. <laughs> from Drew Daniels at Drew Daniels seventeen. Who's your preferred matchup for the first round? So let's let, let's nail one down. Let's nail one down then. Uh, who, who they prefer? I'd say San Antonio. You say San Antonio? Yeah. I say San Antonio too. Less less travel. You know you can beat them easily. And I don't trust that San Antonio defense with Demar Derozan and Lamarcus Aldridge in the starting lineup. No, I just don't. The Rockets eviscerated. Even when the Rockets weren't good, they still demolished them in San Antonio the first game. Yeah. Might be different if Dejounte Murray was healthy, but. I I just I don't I don't think that's a that's a good matchup for a San Antonio. Yeah. Like I th- I think that's that's a that's a nice matchup for first round matchup. And at this point, it doesn't look like they're gonna play the Clippers. Maybe actually I don't know. Yeah, I I probably say this, the Clippers or San Antonio. They're they're a half game within each other. So it's, the Clippers are still on the table. So I'd say. Ideally, you'd want to play the Clippers because I still think that's an inexperienced team without the same level of star talent that a San Antonio has, but I don't think they, I don't think it really matters. Like we said before, 
What players do y'all think will be in the 8-9 man rotation going into the playoffs? Also, talk about Harden's MVP case because I believe he is easily MVP. And this is from Joyous Rockets fan. And then in parentheses, he put the Rockets record. And then then, (laughs) let me see what else his name. Give us updates. Yeah, let's see. At Rockets fan for Ev. Is this a long name you can't have that we're trying to read your name on the podcast you can't have this name this, this long what players do y'all think will be the eight man, man rotations I, I think what you saw tonight minus green i think they're slowly weeding green out and kenneth free probably because he's not a good defender and yeah. his shots kind of tailed off yeah but they they for sure need shumpert and rivers they need that you need house for his physicality and his all-around game and one of uh Wait, who is it? So it's the starters. It's Chris, James, Eric, PJ, Clint, and then Austin, Iman, Daniel, and then Nene, probably. Yeah, you could throw a Nene or they're gonna need Nene. They're only gonna need Nene for He's been playing more than Kenneth lately. Which well, is because of physicality, because Kenneth is 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 You can say it. No, no, I'm saying because he's more <laughs> physical. Than, like, he's bigger than Kendall's, like, 6'7". Okay. Six, eight. I thought there was a word on your tongue. You don't want no, to no, say no. Uh, Okay, all right. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree with Kelly. I think it's going to be the starters plus yeah. uh, Austin, Nene, and Cause, Daniel cause House. You saw, you saw yeah. DeMarcus Cousins go off in Houston. Yeah. Nene didn't play that game. Nene was able to give him trouble last time in Oakland because of his physicality. He's not afraid of DeMarcus Cousins. He's able to, you know, get in his face and ruffle his feathers a bit. And DeMarcus Cousins is the kind of player – you know, if you, if you get in his head a little bit, he might try and foul hard or, you know, to just anything you can do to take out him out of the game, you know. Yeah. Um, this is from at blocked by Capella. Out of all the players who are about to be free agents, and this is Daniel House, Austin Rivers, Kenneth Farid, Iman Shumpert, which ones do you think uh, the Rockets have a good chance to be back to resign? All of them. I, I'll say it, it, well, it, it'll on, be tough. It depends on if they go big game hunting again. If they If they don't, if they don't go big game hunting, they can bring everybody back because uh, those guys. It's gonna be tough, huh, with their exceptions because they they have. I think they'll have their biannual this summer, and I think they're gonna have the taxpayer MLE. Okay, but um, when it comes to like Austin and those, it's not even about the money anymore. I, I talk to him all the time. It's about happiness, and he said this is the happiest place he's ever been. So that also plays a lot into you know, you staying put. Maybe he takes a discount. Yeah, maybe take a discount. Come on. <laughs> Your mom might go. I mean, if if it comes well, to money. Well, I actually think he's the one I think that's going to stay because they give a first-round pick for him, and they have his bird rights. Oh, they have his bird Okay. So yeah. In, in that case, I think everyone would be back just because if they bring the same group back, if the Warriors – well, when the Warriors lose Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um. You said when the Warriors lose Kevin Durant. Hold on. They just snuck by me. You said when the Warriors <laughs> lose Kevin Durant. If If the Warriors lose Kevin Durant. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, I, I, I think he's gone. But, okay. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, they, they don't have much to work with. And just as a PSA to Rockets fans, like, these, for the next few years, I would not get, any, get too attached to role players at this point because they're in the tax, and these guys are going to be rotating in and out. Like, they're going to do a lot of what they did this season, which is find people at midseason for buyouts and stuff like that. Like, it's going to be – it's going to be tough for them to keep the same cast year in and year out. There's going to be like I don't think all four of these guys are going to be back. I think I think you have a good chance that two of these guys are coming back. Like 
it's just tough to keep these guys considering they're over the tax. They're, I mean, they're going to be over the tax, and they only have so much money to spend. Yeah. Yeah. But I, for sure, I think Iman will be back because they have his bird rights, and it makes too much sense to not to resign him. Yeah. Any chance the Rockets go after recently waived Rodney Magruder? He won't make the playoff roster, but would be a great insurance in case House or Rivers votes this summer. Because um, so, so they get his rights if they pick him up, right? I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I don't think that. I don't think so. They just signed. Uh, yeah, they just signed Michael Fraser. Michael Fraser and uh, Chiozo, Chris Chiozo, yeah. to their 14th and 15th man. Like I, I don't think they're gonna. Go and after. they still have uh, Vince Edwards down. Yeah, they still have like 15 days left on him if they if, they, if it came to that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think they go after Rodney Magruder. So no to your Magruder question. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. You have any other closing thoughts before we head out? Shout out to Big Sarge Sports. That's well, sports with a Z. Um, he he made me say that. So well, you you want to close on MVP real quick? What do you mean? Let's close on the MVP. Like, cause like who's it, gonna who's gonna get it? Well, yeah, and I think Harden's made it closer here towards the end of the season. He has, yeah. He, I, I, I think he like it's prisoner of the moment stuff, really. Like, yeah. If if you think about it, it's kind of like winning an Oscar. Yeah. The 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 thing that people see the most recent is gonna be in their head. So Giannis, amazing forty five point, what was it, thirteen rebound, like no turnover Philly. game. Yeah. Is gonna stick in people's heads for a long time because. And the voter voting pool was already leaning on us. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was. Yeah, from what I've seen, the last few, ten days. Yeah, they're definitely all the the major, not the major out, but the, there's a general consensus that it's leaning one way. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so he has closed the gap. He has, but. I mean, 30 points through three quarters, and he was a plus 39 in 29 minutes. Like, that's ridiculous. Bro, are, the, are, are they watching this game? That's what you have to think about, too. Yeah, it's true. The national TV games are the ones that get the most attention for yeah. voters. And it, it, it's it's not something you can really control. I think – here's the thing. Like, I don't think this is the year to be upset because I think, I think we have two really worthy MVP candidates this year. Like, I think if either of these guys wins – it's really hard to get yourself riled up about this. But I think the one that we're going to look back at in a couple of years is that 2017 one. And we've talked about this a lot through the, the bowels of the Toyota Center. Like, that's that's the one. Like, that's that's if you're going to be upset about Harden, be, you know, lead, possibly leaving some MVT, MVPs on the table, that's the one. I think, you know, this four-year stretch he's on is one of the more dominant Stretches from a guard in NBA. History. I know. I know for sure. In the next, whenever he goes to the Hall of Fame, they're going to look back on this run and say, "Damn!" Like he came out with one, yeah. one MVP. That's yeah, it. yeah. Like, and, and I, I think, I think people are going to recognize that. Like, it, like, I don't think this season is going to be forgotten just because where they were. Like, if that's any consolation prize to Rockets fans, like, because where they were in the season. Like they were eleven and fourteen. Like I, that that stats have been thrown out a lot, but it's significant. Like eleven and fourteen is a bad basketball team. Like that's a team headed to thirty five wins, and they've turned around to this degree. Like I, it's going to be hard to forget the moments, especially like that. Like you, you had there's he had a ton of moments during this MVP season. He had that Warriors game. He had the streak, thirty point streak. He had a bunch of really the Knicks game, the Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. The sixty point triple double. He yeah. had the, 
the one in Sacramento. He had, I mean, he has, it's a bunch of moments, but which ones? Because you also have to sell the vote, you know. Yeah, and it's a, it's an it's a, it's an award race. You have to endear yourself to voters and you know stuff like that. It'll, it'll go down much like the Kobe season where he scored eighty one points that game, um, where he just had um, an absurd scoring season. It'll go down something like that. Although Harden obviously won more games than that than yeah. that Kobe season. Like people are going to remember this year. Like his January alone will will go down the record books. Like he had the most points through. Like for a month, right? Yeah. Of any player in any NBA player, history, yeah. yeah. Like that's that that record's gonna be up there for a long time. So I I don't I don't think this season's gonna go, you know, go forgotten yeah. for what it's worth. You know, if that's any consolation prize. Um. So yeah, that's it. Subscribe to Radio News Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and we are now on I, on Spotify. So uh, if you guys want to listen to us on Spotify, we're on Spotify now. Follow me on Twitter at Solmonly NBA. Follow Kelly on Twitter at Kelly Eco NBA. And yeah, guys, good night.